Hey, welcome back with more Real Presence Live. Uh, we're so grateful that, we joined, that we've joined you this morning and that you've joined us. Uh, Brad Gray and Janine Bitson here this morning as your hosts. Uh, Janine, it's, it's been really a great start to the, to the day. We've got, had John Brunsberg on and you know, John is kind of a, an icon in many ways of the life of service that Christ calls us to. Yes. You know, and I think it's, it's just, it's such an incredibly rewarding thing. I know that uh, at my parish, at St. Mary's Cathedral in Fargo, we were for several years doing the Sheltering the Homeless initiative during the winter where e churches would take a turn uh, for a week offering up their facilities at St. Mary's. It was their social hall where they turned it into a, a temporary housing for right. men and women, and in some cases families that, um, families were generally somewhere else, but uh, that during the winter months that would have no place else to stay. And it was, you know, the parishioners would be invited to sign up to help out with that. And I did that for a few years. And it was always a really rewarding experience of being right there uh, with, you know, Christ saying, what, what you do to the least of my people, you do for me. And that it's such a concrete incarnation of the gospel, you know? Right, right. And I know this last summer when uh, we were in San Francisco, we saw multitudes of mm. people who were homeless. And uh, and it's, it's chilly out there, yes. too. It can be very cold out there. Uh, but we in the Fargo community, um, we really, and, and throughout our listening area through the Midwest, we have a, a, a real duty uh, to help those in need. Uh, we're called to that Absolutely. in the gospel, yep. uh, to serve our brothers and sisters and in Christ. And, and so what a great opportunity to get involved at your local thrift store that helps support the homeless shelters or get involved in the homeless shelters themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, we have Dorothy Day here and, of course, the New Life Center. Uh, for those of you listening that are close by, it's at 221 19th Street North in Fargo. And uh, I really encourage you to come by and check it out yeah. um, you know by purchasing things by donating things by uh, checking with the staff here to see how you can volunteer yeah. uh, it's just such an important thing to do it really is a win-win I, I mean it's it's a nice thing as a family man you know you can come here and and get things that you need for your family clothes for the kids games and all kinds of great things and at the same time you're supporting the the ministry that provides a home for people who desperately need it right right yeah so it, it is really a blessing to be here and and we just thank the new life center and their staff for allowing us to broadcast from here today yeah i really liked what john said earlier too about how you know i, I used to have the kind of confused notion that mission work meant going off to another country and and serving people that you know didn't have anything to eat and so on but there really is a mission field all around us right and right. i think most of our listeners realize that uh, but it, it is something that this is such a practical way of, of expressing it's that. It's a very doable yes. doable thing that we can do locally. Uh, no matter whether you're in Rochester, you can do it locally there or Sioux Falls, you know, just to really check it out. Yeah. But, uh, boy, now, very exciting. We're going to hit our straight talk Ooh, segment. Oh, there goes those buttons. Yeah. Yeah. So the number to call is 877-795-0122. And we are so blessed this morning. We're going to have Father James Gross from the Diocese of Fargo answering your questions yes. or you can call with a comment on something that's going on maybe you want to visit more about gospel readings on how to serve uh, those in need uh, and how 
it maybe get more of a scriptural sense from Father James Gross. I mean, he'd be packed with... Yeah, absolutely. We, we invite you to call in and start the conversation at 877-795-0122. This is an excellent opportunity uh, to get your questions answered locally here. You know, when, when there are the national programs, Catholic Answers and others on, on the the station here, a lot of times you're, you're in queue for a long time with other callers and you may not ever get in. Right. You got a much better chance here getting in with Father James Gross, getting answers to your questions, those things that really matter. Yeah, and you can also go on Facebook. So you can also ask your questions or make comments on Facebook at our Real Presence Radio site. Mm -hmm. um, so it's easy to do. And uh, we just really encourage you to call uh, or write in your comments or questions on Facebook because you, our listeners, are what make this show so successful. And the first two callers who call in with a question will get a gift, will win a gift card to their local area, generously donated by local businesses. So wherever you're calling from, if you're calling from Rapid City, there's a gift card for Rapid City. If you're calling from uh, Winona, you got a gift card there. Um, we, wherever you're calling from, there's something for you. So be one of the first two callers to not only get answers to your questions or responses to your comments, but also get a gift card to, to use as well. Oh, that sounds great. So do you have your wife calling? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm eligible. Oh, no, I'm just teasing. Um, but, but uh, Father, we should say hello to Father. Good morning to you, Father Gross. Good morning, Brad and Janine. It's great to uh, be with you. And, you know, this is a treat because we hosts are usually like... Uh, uh, ships passing in the night. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's great exactly. To, be able to visit with you today. Oh, it is wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, My pleasure. It's, it's great to get you on the other side of the mic, Father. Yes, yes. Uh, it's put me on the spot here, I guess. So we're <laughs> hoping for some hoping for some good questions that we can team up on and uh, answer together. Yeah. Now, do you get on in on the donuts up there? I have Different not parts. yet, and I don't know. If it's, <laughs> I don't know if it's kosher to try to self-promote or advertise. <laughs> Campaigning for donuts, I don't. Well, I thought maybe Father Braun would share. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, if he if he's received a dozen donuts, it's news to me. Let's put it that way. Uh, oh, fun! <laughs> well, just this morning he was he was nominated as the honor your pastors uh, pastor that won. So. Congratulations oh, once again to Father Braun. Yep. Um, so we want to invite our callers once again to call in and get answers for your questions or submit your comments uh, at 877-795-0122 to Father Gross. Yeah, and Father Gross, you know, while we wait for our first caller, you know, we're at the New Life Center here in Fargo. And, and can you just kind of talk about how we can recognize Christ in those we meet? Um, what are some ways you have seen Christ in others, and how can you encourage us to, to just go beyond the surface and recognize Christ in others? I mean, we're all fallen sinners, and but how can we recognize Christ in our sinfulness in others? It's a very important thing to witness to the reality of the faith that we have in Jesus and to allow him to continue to work through our lives in more profound ways. One practical example that I'm thinking of is a lot of the help that people have been giving to one another in our communities not only here in the Red River Valley, but throughout uh, eastern and central North Dakota with the uh, big snowstorm that came through the last half of last week. 
checking on their neighbors, making sure that uh, some pumps are working properly, that uh, they're uh, staying ahead of things with uh, clearing away broken tree branches and limbs, uh, you know, looking in on uh, their neighbors, things like that. You know, there are a lot of unsung heroes who have really helped people out, uh, those who otherwise wouldn't have been able to to do that work for themselves. And I see a lot of a witness of one's faith in the Lord uh, when we look at those sorts of things by uh, recognizing people as brothers and sisters in Christ and um, seeking to serve them, uh, knowing that uh, we all uh, rely on each other. Absolutely. Well, we want to invite our callers once again to call in and submit your questions or comments at 877-795-0122 or submit your question or comment on Facebook. We still have those two gift cards available for the first two callers. So get your questions answered and get get some uh, booty in the meantime. <laughs> well, and we can also uh, take your questions or or uh, comments on Facebook. Right. So that's a real easy way if uh, you know you don't want to make card, the yeah. yeah don't want to make the call just uh, punch it in on Facebook and uh, we'll be able to take it from there. Amen. Well, Father, what is the importance of encouraging kids to volunteer when they're young? What, how would you recommend that? Or what? it's important, of course, to uh, mobilize the young people to get them more and more aware of the the needs around them. I think there's especially with the way our culture is today. Uh, a tendency to uh, draw in on oneself and to, you know, content oneself, amuse oneself with uh, gadgets, uh, other sorts of things, uh, rather than to uh, have healthy and frequent interactions with other people, and to be able to bridge generations that way, too. Uh, one thing that I think of particularly is uh, when elementary school, uh, Catholic school students, uh, visit uh, residents at uh, nursing homes in the communities where they are uh, as a way of bridging those generations and providing, I guess, a mutual opportunity for joy. Uh, the uh, the residents at the homes enjoy having the little ones there, and, and the kids, uh, you know, have brand-new grandmas and grandpas and yes. great-grandmas and great-grandpas, things like that. that. That's one particular example uh, that, uh, that I've seen that is, very heartwarming uh, from our folks here in our local um, local elementary schools, especially the one with which I'm affiliated with, Holy Family St. Mary's here in Grand Forks. Well, that's wonderful. I know just uh, our kids are all grown up now, but when our kids were younger, it was just so important. And then when we do the after-dinner prayer, it's really um, the petitions that they have, you really realize how in- intentional they are about not just helping them, but praying for those that they helped uh you know one our one son would always pray for the homeless another son would or would pray for those uh the souls in purgatory the other daughter would pray for abortion to end yeah. you know it's and so those things you get involved with uh with your kids uh becomes part of their prayer as yeah. well which is so important right right mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we invite our callers, once again, our our listeners, to become callers and get in on the conversation at 877-795-0122. You can call in, get directly in, uh, submit your question for Father Gross, Father James Gross, or um, on Facebook. Uh, you can submit a question or comment there, and as we said, you'll get a, a gift card for your area donated by a local business. So it's definitely a win-win. 
Um, Father, what about getting youth involved in the parish or diocesan events, different you know, Catholic Youth Advisory Council or Search for Christian Maturity, Totus Tuus, Young Disciples, um, different activities where, where kids can express their faith and, and encounter Jesus in a really powerful way? You know, as I've been thinking about that particular uh, that particular issue, I'm reminded of a, a book that I read a few months ago that had a, some intriguing ideas as far as that goes. The name of the author is Everett Frith, and the book is called The Art of Forming Young Disciples, hmm. or I, something in that neighborhood. Anyway, um, one of the main things that he does in that book is talk about um, a, a discipling characteristic that needs to be more and more in the heart of uh, parish life and community life with our young people, especially uh, Catholics within within a parish community. And uh, it feels a little pessimistic as you read through that book because he's um, somewhat critical, uh, as is his wants, with some of the more conventional models of uh, what parishes would do uh, in reaching out to their middle school, high school age uh, young people. And he's, you know, not wanting to be arrogant about it. He's just saying that, you know, times are really changing in terms of how best to not only relate to young people, but also to help them to take up the mantle themselves so that they will carry on uh, the, the legacy of faith and will rely on uh, rely on the Holy Spirit and His gifts. So a couple of things in particular that come to my mind from this uh, would be, first of all, to try to uh, work with a, a small group model uh, as best as you can, that if there is a, a group of two or three or four young people that one can work with in order to attend things like a diocesan youth celebration, search retreats, tech retreats, uh, you know, that way that we can uh, pair up and work together. It's not going to be nearly as common for a single young person to contact adults and say, listen, this is something that I want to do. You know, if there can be uh, a working together and uh, the opportunity to uh, share those resources, sometimes it feels lonesome for, uh, you know, faith-filled young people because there doesn't seem to be the momentum that they would like to see, you know, among their peers and, and even within their own communities. But uh, intentionally forming a sort of small group model for faith sharing and and uh, supporting one another so that one uh, young man or young lady doesn't feel like he or she has to completely go out on a limb when participating in these things. And what often happens is that they uh, enjoy themselves much more than they thought they would uh, mm. before they actually go. And and they also take ownership. You know, it's like so often our, our young people think that they're the church of the future. They're kind of made to feel that way, but they're the church now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then when they have these types of experiences, then they can they can own it, and it becomes their own. It's it's not it's not what their parents are asking to do anymore. It's it, this is what right. I. Right. You know, this yep. is me. Yeah. Yep. We want to invite our callers once again to get in on, or again, listeners to become callers and get in on the conversation at 877-795-0122. We do have Dan on the phone from Rowena. Uh, Dan, you have a question for Father Gross. Hi, I was wondering if you could share with us uh, what the miracles were that Cardinal Newman was a part of to become a saint. That's a great question. Yeah, I'm uh, looking up, looking it up right now here, and um, 
I know that uh, I saw a couple of citations in the United States. There is a uh, there's a website called ChicagoCatholic.com uh, talking about the local ties of the person who uh, received a miraculous healing and attributes that healing to now St. John Henry Newman, who is a 19th century convert from Anglicanism, um, a uh, preacher and and a professor in uh, the United Kingdom. Melissa Villalobos is uh, the name of the uh, woman who received that miraculous healing. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I guess there are um, uh, there are a number of different uh, resources. I don't know, uh, Brad and Janine, if you have uh, close at hand any more of the details of what the, what the specific... Uh, what the specific healing was that um, the Vatican considered as uh, sufficient for promoting his cause of canonization. You know, I I don't, Father Gross, we could look that up for you, Dan, but it's a great, great question because that's something I think is so important that we not only know the saint, but we also have more of a connection to the miracles Mm -hmm. that help for the beatification and the canonization of saints. I know personally what it means to our family having a connection so intimately connected with the miracle for the beatification of of someone, um, and so it is a great question, and it's something we you know, should. Um, Brad and Janine. I don't yeah. need to, to to cut you off here, but I did see something additional as I was doing some quick research. Oh, uh, great. The miracle, the miracle that uh, accounted to as beatification in the year 2010 was uh, performed, or at least uh, happened to a permanent deacon in Mm. Boston, a gentleman by the name of Deacon Jack Sullivan, who had a a debilitating spinal condition that was uh, destroying his posture. And uh, the second miracle, uh, this uh, young woman, Melissa Villalobos, was having complications uh, within her pregnancy. Mm. So uh, that's what I've been able to see so far of those particular miracles. Awesome. Well, Well, thanks for sharing that, Father. Yeah, it just oh. it just uh, is so important, Dan. We thank you for that phone call because it is something that miracles are around, and there's yep. some that are that are documented, and there's some so many more that are undocumented. Sure. But the importance to ask for saints' intercession to be praying for us before God is so so important. So thank you, Dan, very yep. much. And we want and, to mention that Dan got one of the gift cards yeah. that's available. We still have one left. Uh, we, apparently, that you do need to call in so that, that uh, Real Presence is able to get. We're able to get your uh, phone number, right. and address, and all those different things. So uh, there's still one gift card available to your local area, so you can call in and get in on the conversation at eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We we do have Phil from Facebook, and he has a question: Is it okay to forgive those who have wronged us, even if it's difficult to reconcile face to face? As doing so could expose oneself to more mm. emotional abuse. That's, That's a great, great question, question yeah. Phil. Uh, Father, Father, uh, how would you answer that question? Well, I would begin by referring to a couple of different places in the Gospels where Jesus urges his followers to forgive in a lavish way, as God offers to forgive us. Uh, the beginning of the 17th chapter of St. Luke's Gospel has uh, a version of this where Jesus says, if someone wrongs you seven times in one day and uh, asks for forgiveness, you should forgive them. And he's speaking about how I think we as human beings tend to ration those sorts of things. We mm. become 
uh, impatient with one another, and we may not want to uh, continually grant forgiveness. And then, of course, there's that famous passage from Matthew chapter 18, where um, uh, Peter says, should I forgive someone as often as seven times? And Jesus says, not seven, but 77. And uh, a previous translation, or many other translations, uh, rendered that idiom as 70 times seven. So the more scrupulous among us may be thinking, well, okay, which is it? Is it 77 or is it 490? You know, let's, uh, <laughs> let's figure this out, right? Because that makes a difference. But we get the point of what is being said there. Um, I do want to make a, a, a distinction that the, the offer of forgiveness to somebody is not a condoning of the behavior that, that wounded us. Um, so if a person can make that distinction, you know, it may be difficult to reconcile face-to-face, as Phil says in his question, as doing so could expose oneself to more emotional abuse. So I think the virtue of prudence comes into play there with regard to how specifically one deals with, with another person. But um, the, the instruction that the Lord gives us is pretty clear to at least have a, a heart willing to, to forgive um, you know, rather than to hang on to that, hang on to that bitterness. And, you know, Brad and Janine, I'd like to hear what uh, reflections you may have, at least from, you know, maybe personal experiences of, uh, of what that challenge looks like, you know, in, in your life and in your walk as a Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think um, what's so important is when you do have that deep hurt, which I have had a mm-hmm. very deep hurt that really took three years for me to reconcile. And and I look at the three years of time that I wasted, <laughs> you know, uh, being hurt about that. And once I was able to just put it at the foot of the cross and let it go, uh, it was just very freeing, you know, because you kept forgiving, 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 but it wouldn't go away. The evil one doesn't want it to go away. But once you can say it's gone, you know, God is bigger than me and he can handle this uh, better than me, yeah. um, you know, then it's it's just such a freeing thing. Yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, mm-hmm. It's just so important to free yourself of that hurt, to to forgive and to move on and to not let it hang on to you. Um, And so that would be my advice to Phil is just to, you know, to forgive and to move on as hard as it is um, because the emotional abuse will continue in your heart, mind, and soul if you you hang on to it. And I would echo what you said, Father, too, that that doesn't necessarily mean uh, having an ongoing relationship with the person. Right. If, if, if there are situations that mean that that's just an inherently unhealthy scenario, there's a difference between forgiving someone and still maintaining a, a, a close relationship and interactions with them. The, the, one is one is giving them over to the Lord and not harboring exactly. guilt and res, uh, resentment and, and bitterness and, and you know allowing that to strangle our spiritual lives and our emotional health and so. But it can be another prudential call as to whether cultivating and continuing that relationship is actually a good thing or not. And, and the importance and, and the importance of mercy yeah. uh, is just so vital, uh, yeah. you know, in our life. So we have many saints that can help us uh, in growing in mercy for others because we don't want any soul to miss out on heaven, Absolutely. including ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to say thank you once again to Phil for the, the incredible question. That was a great discussion. Yeah. Uh, we want to invite callers to call in again. 
um, listeners to call in yeah. uh, at 877-795-0122. I'm going to get that right eventually where I'll start off with listeners. But we do have Peggy on the phone from Rapid City. Good morning, Peggy. Good morning. Thanks for joining us, Peggy. What is your question? I was listening to um, Teresa Tamio this morning, and she and the other hosts were talking about what's happening in the Catholic Church with this transgender movement, and I call it the fad of the devil, Mm -hmm. and said that they are getting a lot of throwback and and from Catholic students that it's being permeated right into the Catholic school systems and some of the parents are demanding that the, basically, that the uh, Catholic um, and the Pope, everybody has to accept this, that these children should be able to change their gender. And I'm just wondering, is that a problem that's happening in the Midwest and North and South Dakota, Minnesota, and if so, what is the Catholic Church going to do about it? Mm-hmm. No, it's a good question. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Peggy. Father, any uh, any words for Peggy? Well, the first thing I want to think about is that what we need to do in a uh, responsible role of caring for our young people is not to, um, to to jump on any of these things too quickly. Um, I know that there's a lot of uh, pressure societally for, and, and who knows where it comes from. Maybe it's the initiative of the child himself or herself or uh, the parents or whatever with regard to, um, you know, living out a, a transgender or an identity under other than uh, the sex in which, uh, you know, the child was born. Um, and such an impressionable young age, it, it really is sort of, you know, doing violence to a young person in a sense, by uh, claiming some sort of lifelong, um, you know, uh, uh, action about that. But um, basically, you know, the church needs to hold firm about the the, the centrality of where our identity comes from as being uh, created in God's image and likeness, and, uh, you know, finding that identity in relationship with God. And if that, if there are any, you know, idiosyncratic things, you know, the girl who is uh, more of a tomboy or, you know, the, the boy who doesn't have the same kinds of interests and, uh, you know, sort of masculine forms of uh, play or sport as, as others, uh, not to, you know, just dive off the, 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 the end of the board, you know, uh, with regard to that sort of thing, but to uh, center more on the, the identity of a, uh, uh, the, the the truth of of, a, of an individual's identity, even at the risk of the animosity and, and the pushback that certain others are going to offer us in society. Yeah, yeah, and I know Peggy talking about the fad, and and there is an aspect to that, and there also is an aspect that there is one percent of the population that there is a true tra- uh, gender dysphoria uh, that that is a reality so yeah hopefully they will definitely come down with some protocol that um, doesn't accept the pushback from the other uh, but yet we can be merciful and uh, there for those that truly do have this um, this issue at birth yeah 
Um, Peggy, I, I would say, you know, I work yep. in the Marriage and Family Life Office for the Diocese of Fargo, and this is obviously something that's becoming more and more on the fore in, in terms of the church's ministry, because um, it, it is something that strikes right at the core of who we are. I, you know, many have said, I've gone to a couple different conferences on this gender ideology, and uh, many have said that it's actually, it's a diabolical assault on the incarnation. You know, that, that Christ took on flesh and he became a man. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's a challenge, I think, for us because it moves the questions back a couple steps where you're not even used to even having to think about that. Like, you know, if, if someone were to come up to you and ask, you know, how do you know you exist? It's like, well, we've always been able to just assume that. So we talk about other questions that build upon that. And, and now this, you're having to move it back to how do you know you're a man or a woman or, right. or something in between or whatever. And so there's, there's this, um, this ability, this need to uh, continue to assess, you know, how do we express things on such a foundational level? Um, when you asked, like, what is, what is the presence or pro prevalence of this uh, in the Midwest, uh, in the conferences I, I attended, they did say that North Dakota has the least incidences of uh, gender dysphoria of any state in the union at this point. But that is definitely a call that our area you know, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, um, we have perhaps the greatest ability to be able to respond to this in advance. And so there's definitely, I know Catholic schools are having to address this question and how do they respond in terms of their policy and dress code and bathrooms and all of these different things. Um, and so it's, it's definitely something that's not going away and something that, that we as a church need to continue to focus on very, very intensely. Some of the great people that are doing uh, some of the pioneering, pioneering work in this, um, Father Philip Bochansky, the executive director of Courage, uh, mm -hmm. had spoken at both these conferences I went to, and he's absolutely fantastic. Courage is an apostolate for those with same-sex attraction that want to live out chastity and fidelity to Christ. Uh, because of the connectedness with gender dysphoria, they've begun to think about think these things through a lot. Another great resource that I came across was this Deacon Lappert, uh, Deacon Patrick Lappert, who is a deacon in the uh, Diocese of Birmingham, Alabama. He's a, a deacon of, of the diocese, but he's also a plastic surgeon. And he approached it from a medical standpoint. And I would certainly suggest getting a hold of anything that you can find on him because he's, he has such a great and insightful analysis of this question of, of gender dysphoria and um, how it is a, a spiritual, psychological, emotional issue and not a biological one. You know, so yeah. it is, it's something that we absolutely need to really dive into more and more yeah. fully. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. we thank you so much, Peggy, for the question. All it's right. a, it's well, a deep I will, one. I will delve into it more. Yeah. And another uh, thank you. Media, um, CD that came across by Hudson Bill. He talks about his own personal struggle with same-sex attraction and, for a time, gender dysphoria. And it was just a tremendously insightful analysis of what kind of led into this. So that might be one I recommend for you if you have a, one of those lighthouse media stands in your parish or one of the ones around you in pursuit of my identity uh, was a great one. Okay. Thank you. Well, th thanks for your call, Peggy. We yeah, absolutely appreciate it. All right. Well, um, we are coming to the close of our segment um, here with Father Gross. Father, we, we want to thank you for, uh, for being on with us this morning. It's, I have to say, I always really appreciate your insightfulness and your, um, how articulate you are and, and thoughtful. I mean, I just really, I love listening to hear you kind of dissect situations because I think you do such a terrific job with that. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's a great opportunity to be with you guys, and uh, uh, we'll be uh, we'll be back on the air on Thursday. So um, uh, that'll be right uh, right around the corner. Oh, well, thank you so much. You have a wonderful yeah. day, um, and you might have to check out that donut coming up there. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah, make your way over to St. Michael's, Michael's and swipe a donut. From, uh, their <laughs> <laughs> Just came to visit, Father. Or, or, what's going on new today? <laughs> or one of our listeners, uh, hey, Father Gross is awesome. Maybe someone needs to call in for him. Father, I, I do. Whenever we have a priest on the line and we have the opportunity, I'd love to have them give us a blessing. Would you be yes. up to do that? I'd be most happy to. May the blessing of Almighty God come upon you and remain with you today and forever, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father Thank you so much, Father. And thank you to all those who called in or wrote in with your comments and questions. Uh, A reminder, the segment is on at 930 Central every every Monday through Friday.